zu einer neuen Folge von The Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, The Canadian George Robledo. Welcome to the Canadian Wants to Know Podcast. On this episode, I will share some tips to help you achieve your goals in 2021. So it's January 2021, and that's usually the time when people start to set resolutions. I don't know if that's something that you do, but it is something that I've tried to do over the last couple of years. 2020 was the most productive year of my life, and I want to share with you how I was able to make so many drastic changes. And it all started with the book Atomic Habits. It's a book by the author James Clear. And today I want to take some time to discuss the main ideas of that book and how you can apply them to your own life. So let's start with the first principle, and it's the 1% rule. I love to talk about this. This is one of those rules that has made a really big difference in my life. People say to me, oh, George, you have a talent for languages. That's why you're able to speak the languages that you do. But for me, no, that, that's not possible. That's too difficult. And if I'm honest with you, it is a very frustrating thing to me when people say that. Because I know that it isn't talent. And it has everything to do with discipline and the time that I've dedicated to these areas of my life, and that's the reason why I'm able to speak these languages. And the reason I know that it's not talent is because I lived in the French part of Canada for five years as a teenager, and I didn't learn French. I lived in Germany the first two years of my life in Germany. I couldn't speak German. If it was such a talent for me to learn French and German, then after spending so much time in these countries, then I would have learned it without that much effort, but that's not what happened. I couldn't speak French and I couldn't speak German when I came to these countries. And even after five years, even after two years, what happened is the moment that I decided that I wanted to learn those languages and I decided to make the time for it, that's when my language skills started to develop. The, the change happened when I said, okay, you know what? Let's try to do about five to 10 minutes a day. I started with the application Duolingo, and every day I did a couple exercises. And that's what the 1% rule is all about. It's about doing a little bit each day, and every day trying to do a little bit more or a little bit better, or learning a few more words than you did the day before. So if yesterday I could, I knew 10 French words, today I try to learn another two or three, and now I know 12 words. That's what the 1% rule is all about. It's about making those small little changes in your life that after a couple months, after a year, after two years, it adds up. I, I, and I, I like to talk about the idea of a sculptor. The only way the sculptor is going to create a sculpture is if he slowly chips away at the stone. And he does this for hours at a time. He chips away, chips away at that stone until a figure starts to emerge. But unless you start chipping away at the stone, you're never going to see the sculpture. 
And that's what it is. That's what, what we need to do with languages as well. We can talk about I want to learn French or I want to learn English. But if I don't dedicate a little bit of time each day to those tasks, then I'm not going to learn English. So you've got to chip away little by little, 1% each day, even if it's five minutes, even if it's only one vocabulary word that you learn today. But little by little, this adds up until you can actually start to communicate with others. So if you ever have the chance to, to have a conversation with me, please don't say that I have a talent for languages because it's all about the effort and the discipline and the hard work that I've put into these languages. That's why I can speak them today. But I know that for, for many of us, it's, it's simply a question of excuses. We don't want to do the work and it's much easier to just say, okay, yeah, he can do it, but I can't do it. The next point that I want to make is when we take this idea of the sculptor, it's not enough to chip away at the stone. We need to know how to hit the stone correctly so that we actually create a beautiful sculpture, right? Like if you take a child and you give them um, and you tell them, okay, please create a sculpture and then they just start hitting the stone, nothing, nothing will really emerge. So it's not enough to have that 1% rule and to do a little bit of effort. You also need to know how to hit the stone. You also need to create a method. And that's the second point of the book, Atomic Habits, and it's focus on systems, not goals. So what do I mean by this? I can say that I want to improve my English this year or I want to lose weight, but if I don't develop a plan, nothing will happen. And it's something that I'm guilty of. I, I've done this many times in my life where I'm like, okay, this year I'm going to reach this goal. This year I'm going to do this. But it's only words and it doesn't go anywhere. So unless we have a plan, unless we have a strategy, our goals will not lead to any results. On the 2nd of January, 2020, I stepped on the scale and I was shocked by what I saw. I had never been so heavy in my life. I can honestly say I was really afraid for a moment. And I said, what happened? How, how did I allow myself to get to this point? And I immediately, I told my wife, Jen, I have to start training. I need to do something to lose this weight because I, I've reached the point where I, I don't feel good anymore. So I downloaded the app Freeletics and I signed up for their coaching program. What I like about Freeletics Coach is that each day I go into the app and the training session for the day is already planned out. I don't have to do any thinking. I don't have to uh, develop any plan for the day. It's already done for me. All I do is I follow the instructions. They tell me, okay, do some push-ups. I do the push-ups, do some sit-ups. I do the the sit-ups. That's what a system is. It's about developing a strategy. And that's why a lot of times... I, I think that these applications that are available to us today are really, really helpful because they take away all of the hard work, right? They provide the system and now it's simply a question of following it. My goal was to lose weight, but if I don't know how to reach that goal, I'm not going to do anything about it. And that's why having the application Freeletics and there's many applications out there that can help you make um, to 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 develop a workout program or a nutrition program 
And that's what I would recommend. Or there, there's just so many opportunities now on the internet. And that's something that has really, really worked for me is developing a plan, a strategy, and the application really made it easy for me. The next thing I, I asked myself was, okay, what else do I need to do to lose weight? So I've started to train and I can tell you the beginning was really, really hard for me. I could barely do two push-ups. Right? That was a really, really hard process those first couple of weeks and I was always sore. But today, 12 months later, it's much easier. And, and the workouts that I do today uh, were, I, I wouldn't even believe that it was possible to do it. And now I do it and I don't, I don't really think about it. And the next thing, like I said, is I, I asked myself, okay, what else do I need to lose? What, what else do I need to do to lose weight? And what I realized is that I needed to reduce my sugar consumption. I've been addicted to sugar my entire life. It's a dangerous situation for me because diabetes runs in my family. My mom has diabetes. Uh, several of my uncles, aunts, they have it. So I know it is a dangerous situation for me because I am susceptible to getting diabetes. So I made a plan to reduce my sugar consumption. Again, I downloaded an app called Momentum to track my results each day. At the end of the day, I would go into the app to say, okay, did I consume sugar or did I not consume sugar? And what's really cool is that after a couple of days, I started to see, oh, I've gone five days without uh, any sugar or I've gone seven days. And then I could tell people, you know, I haven't eaten any sugar for 20 days. And it was just a feeling of accomplishment to know that I had actually developed this plan and that I was implementing it and that for the first time in my life, I was being consistent with it. So that's what a system is all about. It's about either finding an application or creating a schedule where you can actually write down what are the tasks that I need to do today so that I can reach these goals. The next area I wanted to improve was my sleep quality. I've struggled with sleep my entire life. As a baby, my mom would take me on long walks before bed to try to tire me out. But oftentimes it didn't work. I would cry through the night and this made my mom crazy. And to be honest, in 32 years on this planet, my sleep quality and patterns had not really changed. So in 2020, I got the Apple Watch and I started to track my sleep each night. The goal that I set was to sleep seven to eight hours each night. I planned to go to bed at 10 p.m. And little by little, I started to see the results of this strategy, of this plan. Right? It was not enough for me to say, I want better sleep. No, I developed a plan. I started to track it. And I started to see that over the span of 30 days, there were about 20 to 25 days where I had been consistent with it. And this started to affect and make a big difference in my energy levels. I woke up with more energy. My memory started to improve. My mood, I was happier. I was calmer. And my overall quality of life started to change as soon as I started to track my sleep quality and I started to be very intentional about developing a better sleep quality. So if there's any goal that I can recommend to anyone out there that I know is going to make a big difference in your life, it's 
please get enough sleep, develop a plan, develop a strategy so that you can get your seven to eight hours of sleep. This will make you, to be honest, it will make you a kinder, happier, nicer human being. Right? When I go on, on the train, when I take the train to go to work, all I see is just like sad, frustrated, angry faces because people don't sleep properly. They watch Netflix all night or they play with their phones all night and, and then they go to work with five hours of sleep. And that's not going to lead to a very productive or enjoyable day. So please, if there's any habit that I can recommend, it's improve your sleep quality. Like I said, it was not, it's not enough to to say, I want to lose weight or I want to reduce my sugar consumption or I want to improve my sleep quality. It's not enough to simply say those words or to say, okay, that's my resolution. No, it's important to develop a plan, to develop a system so that you can accomplish these goals. The next point from Atomic Habits that has really um, impacted the way I, I think about habits is environment the importance of developing an environment that will lead you to, to, to act in, in, in more positive ways and also an environment that will help you reduce the negative bad habits that you don't want to have anymore. So for me, I have a yoga mat right next to my office desk. I don't have to look for it. It's always rolled out next to the desk. So as soon as I decide, okay, now I'm going to start training, I can start training without doing anything. My shorts, my shoes are always next to the desk as well. So that takes away the, the work of actually going and looking for these things because they're always right next to my desk. I can simply go from my computer to the yoga mat and start training without much effort. Uh, for myself, with, with these sugar products, I don't have them in my house anymore. I don't have any cookies. I don't have chocolate. I don't have soda in my house because I know that if it's available to me, I'm going to fall to temptation. I don't have the willpower to resist it. So because I've created an environment where these things are not available, I don't have to think about it. I can focus on, on other areas of my life. When I flew to Canada last summer, I have to be honest, it was very difficult for me to stick to my habits because now I was in an environment where people eat in unhealthy ways. Uh, fast food is much more readily available. A lot of sweet things are available to me because that's the type of uh, nutrition that my friends and my family consume. So environment played, played a big role and has played a big role in, in being consistent with that habit. I can give you the example. Let's say someone is trying to quit smoking, but everyone around them smokes. It's going to be very difficult for that person to stay disciplined. What I know I'm very lucky is because my wife always cooks healthy meals. She's been a vegetarian for the last seven to eight years. So I don't have to make a really big effort to cook healthy meals and to think about what I'm eating because my wife already does that for me. And that's a really big luxury. But if you don't have that luxury, 
What I recommend is that you join Facebook groups or other communities. Nowadays, it's, it's mostly online communities where people talk about nutrition and look for opportunities to meet people online and if possible in person, hopefully after the lockdown, who are also interested in health. If you create an environment where people are with people who are also interested in, in health or nutrition or training, whatever it is for you, whatever habit you want to develop, then it will be easier to stick to that habit. So environment plays a really, really big role. And if you want to develop good habits, you have to make it really easy to do that habit. And if you want to eliminate bad habits, you got to make it very difficult to do that habit. For example, for me, if I don't even have sugary products available in my house, I make it very difficult to actually um, fall to temptation and, and do that habit. Environment, very, very important. It's a key to changing your bad habits and implementing and creating good habits. The last point I want to discuss, and this to me is probably the most important, is identity and the role that identity plays in developing good habits. When I lived in Canada, I had horrible eating habits. I developed the habit of eating chips every day. In Canada, our national dish is called poutine, which is basically French fries, a gravy, which Germans call, it's a bratensauce, if I'm not mistaken, and cheese. It's very, very unhealthy, but super delicious. And I would eat poutine. I would eat French fries every single week. I had chips every single day. I would buy boxes of cookies and I would destroy, I would devour these cookies in a day. And I told myself, that's who I am. In Canada, that's how we live. We like unhealthy things. I would tell my wife, please, you know, don't, don't judge it. Don't tell me anything about it. That's how I want to live. This is who I am as a person. This is what I enjoy. So because I connected my behavior to my identity, I didn't change anything. I had just simply accepted that this is what Canadians do. We're unhealthy people. And that's just what it is. So I continued to behave in a very unhealthy way. But in January 2020, I asked myself, what does a healthy person look like? How do they behave? And because I wanted to become healthy, I started to behave like a healthy person. I started to adopt a new identity. And the more I made these changes, the more my new identity replaced the old one. I stopped thinking of, okay, as a Canadian, we're unhealthy. No, I started to think, okay, I want to be healthy and this is the person I want to be. So I started to behave in healthy ways. Here's an example. If you offer a cigarette to two people that are trying to quit and you say, okay, here, here's a cigarette. And the first one says, sorry, I, I can't take it. I can't smoke because I'm trying to quit. That's the first person. But the second person says to you, no, thank you. I don't smoke. Who will be more successful at quitting smoking? Right? So the first one said, I can't smoke because I'm trying to quit. And the second person simply says, no, thank you. I don't smoke. The second person is going to be much more successful because this new behavior, they've linked it to their identity. I am a non-smoker. It's a very, very powerful thing. Today, it's clear to me, I've never been healthier, faster, stronger, calmer in my entire life. I like this version of me. 
This is who I want to be. So going back to these old habits that I had before, they're not appealing anymore. So when I, when I think about who I am as a person today, I, I think of myself as a healthy person, as a strong person, as a fit person, as someone who is calm and is able to, to keep a, a level head to stay level-headed in difficult situations. That's the identity that I've adopted for myself nowadays. And because of that identity, I start to behave in that way. So let's do a recap. At the beginning, I talked about the 1% rule. This one was my starting point. Just by dedicating 5, 10, 15 minutes a day to the goals that I wanted to develop, that made a big difference over time. I've been trying to learn German for the last three years. And after so many hours of conversations with Germans, of watching films in German, of listening to podcasts in German, of reading books in German, after all this time, now I can speak German because I've put in the work, I've put in the time to that goal. The second point was focus on systems, not goals. It's not enough to say, I want to be... I want to lose weight or I want to reduce my sugar consumption or I want to sleep better. It's not enough to say that. You actually need to develop a plan, a system. And nowadays, because of uh, apps, we have the ability to create systems that are simply that, that are easier for us to follow because they're already laid out for us. We don't have to do anything but follow the instructions. The third point was the importance of environment. If you're in an environment where people have bad habits, then it's very likely that you're going to do the same thing. So you need to find a way to look for people who behave in the way that you want to behave, who have those habits that you want to have. Right? If I want to train, then I need to look for other people who are also interested in training and working out right? and, and, and running, for example. Environment plays a really, really big role. There's a saying that goes, tell me who you're with and I'll tell you who you are. Right? Take the five closest people to you and that's going to say a lot about who you are as an individual. And the fourth point was identity. Being able to adopt a new identity of the person that you want to become. Right? So instead of saying, okay, I want to do this, think about who do I want to become? I hope that these tips have been, can, can give you some, some idea on how you can actually develop uh, positive goals for yourself and what you can do to actually reach them. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with your friends and family. I also recently published an online course to help Germans correct their most common mistakes in English. I've put in a lot of time and effort and love into this course. So if you are interested in, in, in the course, uh, you can click on the link in the show notes for more information. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal.